So in my, the last book I published, well, I guess two books ago now, The Freak Shall Inherit the Earth, I wrote a couple chapters on that because I think that it's really important to define success because a lot of people don't actually have their definition of success figured out. And so instead they're kind of operating from a general feeling of what they think might be successful. So my personal definition of success is being able to say no to the things that I don't want to do. It's never fancy cars. It's never an amazing house. It's never things. Everything that I ever thought I wanted, I didn't want anyway. And I would say that probably the best definition of success is finding out what you really want to do with your time. And if you can do that, then you're successful. Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host. Jeff Bogazic. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Mind for Life podcast. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host today, where you will hear how success is really about saying no about how to detach from both criticism and praise and about finding a new door when the door closes. We're honored to have with us a very special guest and I will introduce him in just a second. But before I do, let me say a word to you very quickly about our show sponsor. Our show sponsor for today is Bluehost.com. Bluehost is a leading web solution service provider. They were founded in 2003 and they have the goal to continually innovate new ways to deliver on their mission, which is to empower people to fully harness the web. They provide comprehensive tools to millions of users throughout the world so anyone, novice or pro, can get on the web and thrive. So if you're looking to host a website, podcast, or blog, check out bluehost.com. They are the hosts for the Mind for Life website at mindforlife.org, and you can find a link to them right on the bottom of our home page. Also, I want to encourage you to stick around to the end of our program where I share my top three takeaways from my interview with our special guest today. And please remember the show notes, links, and timestamps for this episode are located on our website. They will be at mindforlife.org forward slash zero two one. All right, let's get right to it. Let me introduce you to our guest. His name is Chris Brogan, and Chris is the CEO of Owner Media Group. He provides strategy and skills for the modern business. He is also a very highly sought-after professional speaker and the New York Times best-selling author of nine books and currently working on his 10th. His latest one is called Find Your Writing Voice. Check this. Chris has spoken for or consulted with some of the biggest brands you know, including Disney, Coke, Google, GM, Microsoft, Coldwell Banker, Titleist, Scotts, Humana Health, Cisco, Sony USA, and many others. He appeared on The Dr. Phil Show, has interviewed Richard Branson for a cover story for Success Magazine, and once even presented to a princess. Tony Robbins, 
That's right. Tony Robbins has had Chris on his latest Internet Money Master series. Forbes has listed Chris as one of the must-follow marketing minds of 2014, as well as listing his website as one of the 100 best websites for entrepreneurs. Stat Social rated Chris the number three power influencer online. He has over 350,000 followers on Twitter, and we are so honored to have him with us on the Mind for Life podcast today. Chris, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We've just gone through your bio. We have listed your accolades and accomplishments, which are off the charts but would you tell us, our listeners, just a little bit about your personal life and what you've got going on right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess first I would say that bios are always weird to me. Like, you know, they're supposed to have all this stuff in them, but I'm, it's always, I always feel like I'm never going to live up to that. So <laughs> we're going to have a bad time. Um, as far as my personal life, um, I've got two lovely kids that are back into school. My uh, fiance and I, she has a daughter, so we have three amongst the two of us. Uh, and her girl goes back to school pretty shortly as well. Um, I'm writing a new book called Multiplier, which is uh, finally actually starting to come off the keys. It was a little locked up in me for a little bit because I, I had a couple of false starts trying to write other books instead. Um, so that's been interesting. And so I guess other than that, I'm doing the same stuff I normally do, business advisory work and consulting and creating a lot of videos and things. Excellent. Um, so... One of the things that we talk about or the thing that interests me about uh, for this podcast is trying to figure out um, the idea of success and, and how people have gone through that. You've had some incredible success in your life. And so what I'd like to ask you is what would you say have been the biggest keys to your success? So in my, the last book I published, well, I guess two books ago now, The Freak Shall Inherit the Earth, the, uh, I wrote a couple chapters on that because I think that it's really important to define success because a lot of people don't actually have their definition of success figured out. Right on. And so instead they're kind of operating from a general feeling of what they think might be successful. So my personal definition of success is being able to say no to the things that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's because if you've ever been in business for yourself, there's lots of times you have to say yes to horrible projects or, you know, you've had a boss in the old days and you didn't want to work for that boss. I don't know how many people tell me how much they hate their job. And I say, well, then don't have a job, you know, go do something else. And so to me, that's a definition of success. Uh, You know, it's never fancy cars. It's never an amazing house. It's never things. And you know who always tells you that people who have all those things. Right. But, you know, I've had them and didn't care for any of them. I mean, I bought a brand new Chevy Camaro in 2010 and I was like, oh, I got a car and I've never had a cool car. And that was a cool car. Uh, And now I still have the same car. I'll get rid of it this year, I guess. Um, It wasn't that interesting. You know, everything that I ever thought I wanted, I didn't want anyway. And I would say that probably the best definition of success is finding out what you really want to do with your time. And if you can do that, then you're successful. How do you, how did you get to that point, right? That's not typically um, a place where people start at, right? When they come, when they think about success. So, so were there any experiences or things along the journey that kind of like opened your eyes and maybe changed your perspective uh, to be able to get to that? Probably a few of the most important things I did uh, dealt with a lot of what's inside me, which was uh, learning how to untangle. So untangling from other people's expectations, Mm -hmm. uh, parents, friends, that sort of a thing, learning how to 
detach from both praise and criticism was really important. Right. So it's amazing how many people believe that they're, um, that they can just, you know, not listen to the critics, but then they listen to praise and praise is just as bad a thing as criticism because it leads you down paths you might not necessarily take. And it also leads you towards, you know, doing the bidding of whoever it was that praised you in some direct or indirect way. And so those are, I think, were the real three keys of that, you know, untangling and then removing praise and criticism. And I would say that the uh, final stage of that is just realizing what really matters to you. And I think, I don't know how to explain how one finds that journey. I think it's really difficult, but I think a lot of times you almost have to acquire whatever the things you thought mattered to find out you really don't. One of the things that really drew me to trying to initiate this conversation, I was reading through your stuff, obviously watching your videos, reading your, uh, listening to your podcast, and then looked at your about page and yeah, you've got a bunch of things up there on the top, you know, that are great. But the thing that really attracted me to you was at the bottom where you say, if you see me on the street, come up and introduce yourself, right? I'm a nice guy, I promise. And to me, that really kind of showed that you have developed, uh, come to a place where you've kind of been grounded. Uh, and I think you just referenced it there when you talk about, I'm not, I, I, there's a lot of press out there, right? And I guess one of the common things is don't believe your press or don't believe what they write about you. But when you make the distinction between not the bad, don't believe the bad and don't believe the good. Uh, I think that is a, a is a big point, right? To be able to understand that and not to be able to do that. And so I appreciate that. Um, You've talked about how you define success, being able to say no to things. Um, let's talk about like some obstacles or challenges in your life. Everybody's been through failures. Everybody's had difficulties. Talk about maybe what you would consider your biggest failure, your biggest challenge. I fail every day. I mean, I, I'm amazed at how many people try to tell the story as if, you know, entrepreneurship or any kind of success is this weird, you know, angle that goes up. All success is like a saw blade. It's ups, downs, ups, downs. Um, a lot of my failures, you know, earlier failures, a lot of them were biting off more than I could chew. Like I kept thinking I was Richard Branson uh, with only three or four employees, you know, and turns out that to run 400 companies, you need enough people to run 400 yeah. companies and you need that kind of revenue to pay, you know, several thousand employees. I didn't have any of those things. So I had to kind of slow my roll a little bit. Uh, some of my other failures are, you know, sometimes I, I incorrectly predict where I think the market is going. Sometimes I stumble on what I know is a really essential detail to help somebody succeed, but they don't want it. You know, as much as you know that broccoli you know, every time someone says they're fat, I'm like, you know, what you should do is like eat a lot of broccoli. And guess what? No one in the universe wants that. Right. They want to be able to eat cookies or, you know, the you're so fat, but here's a pretzel diet or whatever. Right. No broccoli guy gets rich selling broccoli. So you got to hide the broccoli inside the cake. So, you know, a couple different times I've gone out there like, come get some broccoli mm-hmm. and no one bought. And I was like, that's so weird. No one wanted to be held accountable to their, you know, challenges. So I feel like that a lot. I have really mild, super mild clinical depression. Mm-hmm. So that allows me to fail every now and again because it just means I have super low energy sometimes and I don't want to get up and do anything. Um, but, you know, the best thing in the world is if you can really fall in love with not knowing and if you can really come to strength inside of your failure, you it doesn't hold you down for all that long. You just go, Whoop. 
I guess I'll try another one. You know, um, I'm reading a book right now by uh, Brandon Webb uh, called the, and I forget he might have a co-author, but it's called the killing school. And it's, he was, uh, he taught uh, Navy SEAL scout sniper, uh, sniper training, sorry, not scout sniper, sniper training for Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. And he rebuilt the Naval Special Warfare class on that with his buddy, Eric, uh, who's another guy I know. And um, they had a bit in there about, you know, we, we, when we see snipers in movies and stuff like that, when we watch war movies, it's always like one shot, one kill. Right. That's a hundred percent. Like uh, it's almost never one shot, one kill. It's one shot. Oh, I missed. Now what do I got to do? And as fast as you could do that is what makes you a better sniper. Yeah. And I think that to me, that sort of figuring out and recalculating and adapting from what's gone before that didn't work out, that's where it all is. Adaptation, resilience. I think that's the two biggest keys to success. Do you think, uh, let me say, is that something you've learned? Is that a skill that you can acquire and improve or is that an innate ability? Uh, and I'm talking about both for yourself and for someone else who says, hey, man, how can I get to that? What, what would you recommend? 100% of skill. 100% of skill. It is uh, zero people are born with the ability to learn how to adapt and be resilient. Some people are a lot more resilient by their nature, uh, but anyone can learn it. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's um, one of those things where if you work on that more than most things, you're going to have a much better success. Were there experiences in your life that contributed to you, you know, kind of developing that? Uh, yeah. That's a good question in a way. I would say that the, the, the I, it's more like an observation than an experience. So let's say that if you get two kids and one kid uh, tries something and then stops because you didn't do it right, and then the other kid tries it 3,000 times and gets it really well, you go, oh, that, that kid's really talented. Right. Kid B just did it 3,000 times, right? So I have noticed that more and more in my life. I mean, there's a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, Can't Stop. And there's this perfect little line that Anthony Kiedis says, complete the motion if you stumble. And I was like, dude, you know, big bulb goes off, right? Yeah. So I think that if you start cueing, I'm looking at the book Resilience by Eric Greitens right over here. He's another Navy SEAL. Um, and when he and I were talking, it was we were talking about that. We we're talking about, you know, the biggest distance between successful people and not isn't any particular talent, but I'll tell you, it's, it's that, it's that, that effort. It's determination. I was reading a, a, a book about, I it was from one of the Navy SEAL guys as well. And he was a trainer. It may be the same guy you're talking to. He talked about being the sugar cookie, right? Having to deal with this. They roll you in the water, they roll you in the sand, and then you've got to deal with the, that difficulty for the rest of the day and learning how to handle obstacles and, and challenges. How do you personally do that? How do you approach obstacles and challenges now? How do you find resilience? How do you find ways to fail forward, so to speak, as you just mentioned? You know, it's all about the goal. So um, the way that people, that part of uh, making sugar cookies is in their buds training, basic uh, underwater demolition and seal training. Mm -hmm. And in that training, if you think about it, what the goal is, is to make it through the training, right? I mean, 
but people get lost in the moment and they get lost in just how gross it feels and how tired they feel. And they didn't even do anything wrong. How come they're being punished again? And that's where they go. And so you, you, you set goals to push through and some of the goals are far away and some of the goals are close up. One of the things I've heard consistently across a lot of different uh, special operators in all of the branches, uh, Green Berets, um, Marine uh, Force Recon, is they all had moments where in some kind of big indoctrination training, they all said this, just get from this meal to this meal. Just get from this meal to the next meal. Mm-hmm. And that's all they focused on for that part of that day. So you got to have kind of big forward, I need to get over here goals. But that's not going to help you either. You have to have in the moment battle plan stuff, right? Uh, Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, And, you know, that's really true about success. So I think a lot of times when people are trying to figure out how to get successful, they're looking at the end state. They're looking at the after photo. What you really have to understand is how do I grind? How do I work really hard when things aren't working? How do I stop working? How do I know when to quit? I'm so amazed that so many people think that uh, quitting is bad. And there's all these like, don't quit t-shirts. Quit the hell out of things. Quit a lot because there's a lot of times and reasons why you should quit. Let, let me ask you a question because I want to explore. You talked a little bit about goals. Do you have a process for setting goals or for developing uh, personal development? Do you have a, you know, a plan or how, how do you go about that personally? So at the beginning of every year, I run an exercise that I've done since 2006 called My Three Words. And I pick three different words that will hopefully be sort of the lighthouses of my year to come and that I try to bounce all of my uh, thoughts and ideas around and then try to make sure that all my goals match to them. So for instance, uh, my three words for 2017 were move, voice, and game. Move is a reminder to move all the time physically as well as on the projects because movement is life. That's another special operator thing. Voice, use my voice, create more useful media, connect with others, help others, etc. And I want to make sure that I got back to communicating more because in 2016, even as a media maker, I was just sort of slowing my role a little bit. I wanted to get out there. And then game, make my own game. That's how I've all the levels of success I've had have come from just building my own version of something and then running with that instead of following somebody else's model. And so that's how I, I plan my day. So one of the things I do in every bit of my planning, we have a process at Owner Media called the 20 Minute Plan. We uh, put this nine box in front of us, which is essentially three 20 minute blocks times three. So it's nine boxes and it's three hours of each day spent on our business. And so I have a, a little sheet that reminds me of my three words. I have a thing that reminds me of my goals and my efforts. And then I work my nine box every day. When I get those three hours of on business, not in business stuff done, usually I'm going to be a lot more successful. And the more I can repeat that very simple process consistently, I get a lot more successful. Do you find the, so then all of the, the tasks must be oriented back to your three main words. Um, I make sure that I map them to that so that, you know, if I look at something that's in that nine box and it says, I'm going to work on my new live video show, that's part of voice. So I'm like, yep, that fits. If I had one there that says, uh, go out and learn um, uh, Swahili, that might not fit. It turns out that I don't really have uh, nothing in my three words this year said I should probably figure out Swahili. Right. And not to say that next year, one of the three words that might be incorporated into that, just not for this year. Yeah. I mean, I could make some word like, you know, world. And I want to expand my message out by trying to get more, you know, connected to other languages and other cultures. Right. So, um, that those, those processes together, though, the 20 minute plan plus the, uh, 
idea of three words. That's sort of my, my operating instructions. Do you have, okay, so you talk about these lighthouses each year. Do you have something more longer term, say 10 years or even maybe a lifetime, a life purpose or anything like that? Or you just keep it to one year at a time? No, I don't even know if I keep it to a year. I probably keep it to a few months at a time. <laughs> I, think, I think life is just far too uh, fluid. Um, I, I guess my long-term life goal is to die. I think that would be a good one. I'm pretty sure I can check that. You'll probably achieve that one. Yep. Check that one off the box at some point. Um, beyond that, no. I mean, I think, I honestly, I think a lot of people who set lifelong goals or super long goals, I'm, I'll probably be so different than any of your other guests. I think that causes more misery than not. Okay. Um, so there's a, I, I practice Shambhala Buddhism, mm-hmm. which is a really lightweight kind of Buddhism. You could be like any other religion, you'd be like Catholic or something and also be a Shambhala Buddhist. Right. So it's more like a philosophy than, you know, a full on religion, but in it, I mean, that's like the furthest thing from anything anyone wants to talk about. Like that is, you know, how am I doing today? How am I doing right now? How am I doing talking to Jeff? Right. That's where my head is. So I don't, um, it's not like I don't have any plans. It's not like, you know, I've got to try to continue to earn enough money to pay for the people that I have responsibility for, etc. So I'm sure I've got that going. But no, I don't like, you know, one day I'm going to meet Harrison Ford and then someday I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get my hand in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I don't care. Yeah. Like the way that I manifest, the way I'm going to serve people comes down to the the molecules of what I do every day. I have a quote that I say all the time, which is your day is your week is your month is your year. Uh-huh. Meaning if you're eating a bag of Oreos and you're also thinking you're going to lo- lose 40 pounds this year probably not going to match those two things together. So you probably have to give up one of those two goals. So it's more present focused than maybe futuristic. I think so. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, well, we don't want to hold you too long. What, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Some of the obstacles maybe in your business or what are the things that you're facing right now that you're kind of saying, how, how am I going to deal with this? And how are you addressing those things? A lion's share of my challenges come down to um, how I want to interface with the rest of humanity. I think it's true of all people. I, I think everybody's challenge is that, you know, one way or another. Right. Um, so I have to decide how I want to put forth what energy and how I want to deliver what I'm going to deliver to people. So I'm working on this new book. Um, like I said, it was a bit of a jump start to get it going because I had a book idea that I had worked on with my publisher and I didn't like the book that we both agreed on. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of, you know, I, I, I festered. I, you know, like nothing good came of that. I said, screw it. I'm going to not write that book. I'm going to write this book. And they were like, okay. I was like, no, nah, never mind. Not that one either. This one. Mm-hmm. And then I get like a good way down the road with that third idea. And I read this big article saying that CEOs would hate this idea. Like it was 1,400 CEOs interviewed. 1% would have liked this book. 9% kind of might have liked the book. Yeah. 90% were no or hell no. (laughs) And it wasn't like they were interviewed, would you like Chris Brogan's book? It was like the subject matter related to something on this interview. I was like, I am building a book that 90% of CEOs would not buy. And my job is to sell this book to CEOs. Right. Sure. Mm. So I had to go back to the drawing board. So right. uh, it came to me on the side of a mountain. I was walking with my fiance. I said, what about this? And she goes, that's great. And we talked about it while we were mountain climbing and looking up for rattlesnakes. And it was great. And by the time I was down the hill, I had a draft. So I'm good. I think that shows something that's an important principle is that when you run up against a wall, right, look for another door. Don't try to barge something down that's blocking you, but kind of look for an alternative. And that's kind of what you what you talked about in that instance. Yeah, I um, 
again, sort of that complete emotion. If you stumble and all those other thoughts, you know, resilience and all that, mm-hmm. a lot of people stop like, Oh no, I've hit a wall. And then they stop and look at the wall. Right. You've, if you've got somewhere you got to be, then you can't just sit there looking at the wall. You're just losing time. So I just, I just move as fast as I can. That's awesome, man. Well, our time's just about done. Tell our listeners where we can find out more about you and, uh, you know, maybe share one of the, obviously you've got nine books, right? Working on number 10. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So, uh, where our listeners can get a hold of that stuff, where we can find you online and, uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank you. So anywhere books are sold, you can buy any of mine. Just look for my ugly face and Chris Brogan. Uh, my website is chrisbrogan.com. Always happy to connect. I always ask people if, if you you do go to my site, grab my newsletter because you'll find out really quick whether or not you think you want to talk to me. Right. And you are uh, a speaker, presenter. You've done a great job, man. And I really appreciate you coming on and taking your time. I know you're busy. Thanks for being with us today. I'm never busy. I'm blessed. Thank you so much for your time. All right. What a great interview with Chris. And now I would like to give you my top learning moments because what we do in these podcasts is I interview people, then I try to take away and learn something from my time with them. And so here they are. First of all, much of success is related to your definition of success. What are you really chasing after? For Chris, it was realizing to define what he was really after. And in doing that, it changed his perspective on what true success is. His definition of success is about being able to say no to the things you don't really want to do. It's really more about freedom to pursue your dreams than it is about material possessions or money. Number two, it's important to find ways to detach from both criticism and praise. And this is really key because it's really about taking maybe a more realistic perspective of ourselves, learning to understand who we really are and striving to become who we want to be. It's difficult to take criticism. And if you're going to ever be able to move forward in life, you need to realize, as they say, haters will hate. And sometimes it's easier to distance ourselves from the hate than it is to distance ourselves from the praise because we really like to hear the praise. But the praise can bind us to the same fate as the criticism, doing what we don't really want to do. So it's important to learn how to not take, as they say, your press too seriously. And the third thing that I took away from this interview was the principle of resilience. How do we respond in the face of obstacles and challenges? Chris talked about learning the skills, and they are skills that we can learn of adaptation and resilience. That when we face challenges in life, we need to learn how to adapt to them and to be able to face them. In other words, when the door closes in our face, rather than turn back or stop, we need to find another door. We need to persevere. Well, I learned a lot from this interview, and I hope that you did as well. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Mind for Life podcast. If you haven't done so, please click on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. And if you would care to leave a rating and review for us, 
And if you haven't done so, head on over to our website, mindforlife.org, and click on the Join Us button on the menu to sign up for our weekly newsletter. And in doing so, you'll get a free personal development plan template that can get you started on the road to personal growth. As I mentioned before, the show notes with links, timestamps, ways to connect with Chris are all located at mindforlife.org forward slash zero two one. And that's all we have for today. Thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Mm